0: Have come to podcast for all mankind. See what I did there. I'm Jason Snell. Mm-hmm. I'm joined by Dan Morin to talk about For All Mankind season three, episode one, Polaris. We're back, Dan. Hello.
1: It's so good to be back. Um, I've constructed
0: enjoying... this space station for us <laughs> to live say, in. I, I am Surely so happy. Nothing to be will go up wrong.
1: Here. This is a delightful <laughs> view. Um Just enjoying my my room here on the space hotel. Neutral Space Hotel, is that a thing? I don't know.
0: It could be in an alternate universe. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, a little housekeeping up front. This was previously part of the TV podcast. If you were subscribed, it got redirected. Um, We're sort of not entirely abandoning, but we're trying to sort of uh, phase out the TV podcast. Um, And so this is now episode 11, because we did 10 of these in the TV feed of what we are calling NASA Vending Machine. If you know, you know. And Tom Zoller, uh, last year, because he enjoyed us talking about the vending machine of fate, made, made some original art for us. He's a professional comic book writer and artist. And, uh, and uh, so when it came time to name this podcast, I was like, Tom, you, that picture of the vending machine, how about that? And uh, he sent us uh, uh, a new version of it. And we are now NASA vending machine. That's what we are. We are because all the important things in, a, in parallel futures happen near the vending machine.
1: That's true. Although very, very little vending machine action in this episode.
0: Well, you know, the problem is, oh, I would, oh man, Dan, oh boy, they're playing with gravity in this episode. Can you imagine that they discovered that the gravity is uh, extra on the space station because somebody goes because to a vending does, machine? The vending machine, it doesn't fall. No, yeah. it falls really fast Oh like, <gasps> That's right, it falls too. Oh, it fa- oh, you crushed all my potato chips. Something is wrong. Or, yes, that, that moment where the vending machine doesn't work because there's zero gravity. It's, uh, vending machines are, again, very important that's what we're saying mm-hmm. you can so learn a lot uh we will once again be talking about uh all 10 episodes 10 i think there are 10 in season 3 of for all mankind on apple tv plus and if you want you can go back and we we covered season 2 episode by episode it'll be in this very feed but um we're gonna move forward here and maybe we'll have some guests this season. Um, one of the challenges just peek behind the curtain is that we see these episodes in advance and record in advance. Uh that occasionally uh a little follow-up from our last episode. Um, we said a year at the end when there's the flash forward in episode ten of season two for when the boots are on Mars. And it turns out in the released episode it was a different year. I don't remember, mm-hmm. ninety-four, ninety-three, and um that was because we saw a screener and then they changed it for air, probably because the writer's room for this season was like, that's the wrong date. We should change it. Can we change it before that, that goes out? And they said, well, the, the, the screeners already have it wrong, but we can change it. So um, we may have some weird quirks like that, where there's something that we see that doesn't match up and we apologize for that. But, um, but we do, that does mean that we know a couple of people who also have the screeners and we might be able to coordinate with them. Um, and that helps us, just peek behind the curtain here. It helps us because instead of recording immediately after the episode drops for 10 straight weeks, we can batch these up a little bit and it's a little easier on our schedule. So that's the story. Um, Polaris, Dan, begins with a montage. Montage. Alt montage. His, alt history. Let me take you to an alternate history where Alex Trebek hosts Jeopardy! Nirvana hits the charts. Um, oh yeah, they throw in some real things. Kirk Gibson hits a home run off Dennis Eckersley to win the World Series. Uh, those things happen in our world too, but they throw them in there as, as milestones. But I did go back and pause and get and 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 detail everything in the montage. You want to? Can I recap the oh. montage for you? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's recap the montage. Um, Gary Hart won. In 1984, by the way, not running against Ronald Reagan, because Ronald Reagan in this timeline was elected in 76. So Gary Hart, uh, who was a real guy, <laughs> yep. who had a sex scandal that derailed his presidential well, ambitions. Ima- but... Imagine
1: an age, Jason, where a sex scandal could derail your presidential no, ambitions. What a... a what a wonderful year it yeah, must have been.
0: It, it was a more innocent time. Um, uh, Reagan and Andropov signed a lunar peace treaty that essentially split the moon in half, and um, like, it, technically not, like, they didn't break the moon in half. It's just sort of half for you and <laughs> half for me. That's a very different it's alternate moon, Moonfall is not what ha- is happening here. Alex Trebek hosts Jeopardy. Margaret Thatcher was killed by Murdered the IRA. By the IRA, yeah. Uh, Gorbachev took over and helped the USSR survive. Ooh. Uh, Michael Jordan was drafted by the Portland Trailblazers. Blazers. Trail Blazers. Yeah, what, I saw that. What a touch. Uh there was a nuclear fusion breakthrough uh by a couple of scientists including Dev Ayesa, uh face of a recognizable actor who will probably be appearing later in this season, I'm guessing. Yes, um, he's been that he was announced. To he have was been announced. Cuz yeah. I was like, "Hey, that's a that's an actor I know, so E-D- he's obviously in the show." I think it's yeah, insane. and we haven't. Yeah. We've only seen episode one right now, so we don't know secrets or anything. We're just actually trying to uh, guess what's going to happen next. Ellen has been elected as a senator. Um, Let's be
1: clear, Ellen from our show, not mm-hmm. Ellen the, <laughs> not, Ellen star. not Ellen DeGeneres, not Ellen DeGeneres,
0: or any other Ellen other than Ellen from our show, the closeted lesbian, former astronaut who is now who is, who's being Former talked
1: to NASA administrator yes and now. talked
0: into running for the senate by uh, Lee Atwater yes, I want to say yes yes yep and so she is a republican senator from Texas Sam uh, our our uh, rich rich guy pal uh, who was married to right Tracy to Tracy yep Sam and Karen are have launched a space tourism company <laughs> called Polaris they have also franchised their the bar,
1: yes, from from the three right. seasons the outpost, which the outpost. is now a worldwide like planet Hollywood slash Hard Rock cafes yeah. kind of uh, space
0: themed mm. bar yeah. restaurant. Yeah, yeah. So they, they made a lot of money on that, which is good because they they're they're going to do space tourism. I uh, hope they're insured. Uh, China is going to have a moon base. Unclear on if they're mm. like using the Soviet half of the moon or what. Um, there's a third half of the moon discovered by China. Oh, it's, it's,
1: that's the dark half.
0: Yeah, uh, the Beatles uh, start their reunion tour. That's a callback is, to the last montage when John Lennon right, didn't get assassinated. He doesn't get killed. Yep. Uh, North Korea stops building ICBMs and decides they're going to have their own space program. I uh, hope that goes well. Yep, Gary Hart sure. is reelected in 1988. Global warming has slowed due to the use of nuclear power. They made a statue, uh, statue of Gordo and Tracy. Yes. And a movie starring Dennis Quaid and, Dennis and Meg Creed Ryan. And Meg
1: Ryan, yeah. So that's some great use of uh, footage oh, man. from the era.
0: So good. Uh, in 1990, there is a, a parade. Uh, the super title is in German, and it is Gorbachev and Fidel Castro celebrating the anniversary of the October Revolution. So that's a, uh, a communism is still going and in fact there's a newspaper headline about how like a communist got elected in Mexico and there are all sorts of south american um communism so the soviet union is still strong in this um in this era which was one of our questions is were they gonna was it just gonna be russia or was it gonna continue to be the soviet union it's still the soviet union they're launching something that looks very much like the james webb space telescope but it's the thomas Paine space telescope named after our friend thomas Paine, who was shot down in kal 007 last season um, and ellen is going to run for president uh presumably being the republican nominee against bill clinton that guy, in 1992. Okay. And that is recap of montage. Whew. A lot. Wait, lot so, in- no, no, wait. So
1: he's running, this is 95, right? So we're running against the, it's the election 96. Is, is it? Ellen, and yeah, it's 1995.
0: Are you, okay, maybe so. Well, then who was, because Gary Hart won in 84. I think Hart,
1: they showed him running in '88 too. I think the suggestion is he won two terms.
0: Right, but who's running in '92 if it isn't Ellen? and Clinton? Oh, good, good
1: question. But I thought they had said nine. I thought for sure they had said
0: '95. I guess I'll have to. Mm, yeah, I, I don't know. That? All right, I don't know. Well, you can write in and tell us, but we probably won't hear you. So. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so that's what's going on. Well, uh, okay. And again, this is one of those things that may change before air. But one of the newspaper stories that happened in the montage says Bill Clinton was reelected to a second term, um, which I think is literally just a story they didn't change for the montage, and that bled through from our universe. I don't think that was a preview of. Well, so they the say
1: in one of the clips, it says NASA preps for a ninety-six mission. Uh, in the in yeah. the Chiron. Yeah. So I thought it was 90 f- I thought I had seen somewhere that it was 95 but perhaps I'm I'm just misremembering. I don't know.
0: I don't know. Um anyway, alt universe they can do whatever they want. So um so then the rest of this episode is largely like let's the A plot is Polaris the space hotel. So I guess we should probably talk about that first. And then we'll we'll get to the other other kind of B C plots that are happening. But the A plot is Karen and Sam have this space hotel. Um, it is called Polaris. It, it they're going to have a wedding there. It turns out that the wedding is actually uh, uh, Gordo Danny. and Tracy's son, Danny, who when when last <laughs> we saw Danny <laughs> saw, wreck, he, wrecking marriages, he was having sex with Karen. Awkward. Um, but now he's getting married. And they're going to get married on Karen and Sam's Space Hotel as like a trial run for how space hotels could go. The answer is not well. Um, if I was in the space tourism industry in our world, I would be very mad by the, about this episode, by the way. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, no, space tourism, you may die. Um, but this is – so So the, the story here is they're going to have the wedding, and um, Karen wakes up in the space hotel. People are coming in. Um, Ed and his new wife arrive, uh, and they, they, uh, they, they fight. Um, Danielle is there too. There's, they debate whether, which one of them is going to be the commander of the Mars mission, Danielle or Ed. Um, uh, Danny is an astronaut now. He went to the moon base. There's a, that's in the montage too, actually. He goes mm-hmm. to the moon base. Mm-hmm. And so the, the story essentially is there is, there is a wedding reception, uh, And, uh, meanwhile, the new, the, uh, North Korean space test that exploded at the beginning of the episode, uh, rains debris, including a piece of debris that, that hits a thruster and keeps it open. So the space hotel is spinning faster and faster and faster. And if they don't fix it. They're all. It's going to come apart, and so everybody's getting heavier. And they they suppress the information for a little while, and then they realize it. And it's a very a very kind of tightly written. I think disaster plot that happens, and the yep. the two right. people they send out <laughs> are are uh,
1: immediately dispatched. No, basically. they're hit by a big flapping yeah. around cord, yeah, and they're sent. Into, but they're gone. They're into gone into space, like right and they're away. like, well, maybe yeah.
0: they'll be okay. And then their life signs go to zero, and they're like, well, oh, they're not. No, they will not be okay. Spoiler they're not okay. So what's everybody going to do? Um, uh, Ed gets his legs broken, so maybe he's not going to be able to go to Mars after all. Um, depends, but, I
1: guess. Depends what year it is and what year.
0: I suppose. <laughs> I suppose so. And 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 so Danny basically has to go out and save the day, um, and which he does, and then gets hit by the 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 cord by the the tube, um, which makes us think he's dead, but he's actually just suspended on his tether. Always always clip on, people. Uh, yeah, seriously. So that that all, I mean, I don't know what to say about it. It's incredibly well executed. I thought it looked great. I thought it was very tense. It is doing everything you want, I think, a space adventure show to do this is like because in some ways for all mankind is kind of apollo 13 the tv series and mm-hmm. i mean the the action parts right it's also like the right stuff the the tv series and a bunch of other stuff in there but this episode especially is very much like uh, apollo 13 crossed with like the towering inferno or something like that like a yeah. 70s disaster movie because the of the wedding on the space hotel and i just i I don't know what to say other than that I think I think so, uh, this was incredibly well executed. It
1: is really well executed. And it takes, I mean, it's about halfway through that stuff really starts to go wrong. Uh, and so up until that point, like, we get some time with our characters. We get a little bit of character study. We get to catch up, like you said. Like, people have gotten new, new partners and, you know, there's some tension. And um, what I thought was interesting was leading into this disaster, you know, you have this point that, again, very well executed. They're like, oh, well we hit like four G's. We're basically screwed. So we have c- continually cutbacks yep. to that meter going up and up and up. And I had these moments of thinking like, like, like ninety percent of the main characters are on this. this hotel. I know.
0: Are we? Are we going to kill all of them? We had that same conversation, which is episode one. We kill almost everybody on the show, and then we say, "Well, yeah. new characters now." Bold choice. Bold choice. Uh, so I like you know I, I waffled enough
1: thinking like, well, we've killed they've killed main characters. They wouldn't shy away from that, but it is a strong move to go into your season killing off a huge chunk of your right. recurring you know main characters. So I I was kind of on the fence. Like it was good enough to keep me in suspense. I didn't. Mm-hmm have that whole time like oh they're gonna get out of this it's more of a question of, like oh how are they gonna get out of this and there are some and when some casualties. breaks his legs oh yeah i think there's
0: the implication that maybe some of them will get out right will escape yeah and then but he's not gonna make it which doesn't happen but um but there is that that moment where i like that they're you know we're having the mental question of like are they gonna kill all these people or not and then the show sets up this idea that well maybe some of them will survive right. um only to dash that completely as well and say nope they're all still yeah. on there and they're I, all gonna I die. had a
1: moment I, I had a couple moments where I waffled on some of this like you know when Ed breaks his legs and they're looking at the shaft they have to climb up and he's like I'm not gonna make that and you're like well maybe they kill Ed yeah. and then when he when Danny says like they're not gonna make it either I'm like well you're not gonna kill all of them right that would be so me and then Danny I, I definitely I was surprised at that scene it's a nice shot too where he closes the valve and then you just see the cable from swinging. behind from behind him and it's out of focus and then they cut away yeah and i thought man that family is g- <laughs> gonna have the worst time uh if they kill off him too yeah then it'll just be the one uh kind of scarred brother very <laughs> not doing so well very <laughs> angry brother uh but yeah uh, there's there's some great there's some great uh, like tension building in this episode some great plotting if I had a, a niggle about pacing, it would be like the they show how hard it is for him to climb that ladder. And I yeah. keep thinking like, oh my God, by the time he gets to the top of the ladder, changes into a spacesuit, mm-hmm.
0: gets out, makes it. They're already dead, and right? Literally, like, it's sort of like cut to the control <laughs> room. Oh, there he is. Yeah, there he is. He's walking out. Uh, okay, right. But it's still, the tension is still there. I also um, like the the countdown to death is really effective where it's like at 4Gs, four, at four we're not rated beyond that. But and, they go beyond it, too, which and, I thought was fun. Right. Then because you're like, oh, wait. Oh, now they're really in trouble. And the person in the uh, in the control room is like, I don't know if we're going to even get to 4Gs, which I also right. liked. Because it's really just putting – because the problem with those countdowns, I, and I appreciate this, is a lot of the countdowns you see in, in genre stuff, it's so precise. And it's like, there's no way we, – we can only hold it together for 32 seconds. It's like – you don't know that, right? It's going to be a range. It, it could be earlier. It could be later. And so in this, they basically set the range. They say it could be earlier, and then they go a little beyond it. And it's like, well, it' great. It, exce- it, it exceeded the specs slightly, but it's still there. I will – another note that I will make is um, I feel like the – I mean, Sam is a good hiring manager because the people in in uh, the operations hub for the space station are – are, they're going to they're they're probably going to die too, right? Yeah, but, <laughs> but they're, they're pretty they're doing chill. their jobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which yeah, is uh, maybe they're not, maybe they're in the center or something and when everything falls apart they'll just be like wee. but uh, they seem very um, Well, they make
1: the comment yeah. that all the pilots were poached from NASA. So we probably right. assume that there may be some other NASA veterans
0: even in the
1: command center. Um, Sam by the way does not survive the episode. Oh. He, he dies in a runaway
0: elevator um runaway high g elevator smashy uh rip to uh to sam played by jeff har- hefner har- fun character need not needed yep. this season apparently so nope <laughs> there um, there he goes yeah we
1: uh and then the character dynamics of course are i think mm. one of the interesting things as well i mean so we talked about ed is remarried um his wife and he yeah wait, wait We've shown that Ed is maybe not the best partner at all times, yeah. and it seems here too that continues. There, it's a nice counterpoint because they're discussing um, back on Earth in our B plot. Molly and Margot are discussing whether Danny or Ed should lead the Mars mission, and they're sort of ticking off what their advantages right. are, right? And like, but we get the counterpoint of like, well, Ed is, you know, he's intuitive, he's good under pressure. But, they, you know, Margo's pointing out, well, he's arrogant and he has a bad temper. And,
0: like, we kind of see all of that come into play here right.
1: in his interpersonal relationships as well.
0: Yeah, well, I think the impression that I always got of Ed is that Ed is a hell of a, an astronaut and he can't... He, you know he's bad he at everything at lower else. speed than that yeah it's
1: yeah like it's this is what he's, or he's mach 3 or whatever
0: yeah in fact you could argue that he should just stay an astronaut as long as possible because it's the only thing he is capable of in the rest of his right, life is right. kind of a disaster yeah it's an
1: argument for sending him to mars is because like yeah. well he can't he can't he just he's be in his an element astronaut he may, all the time may or time. may not come back yeah
0: Well, I I don't know, and I get the sense that maybe he's going to Mars regardless, and the question is just who the commander is. Who the commander is, yeah. I
1: did have that feeling as well, which is I feel like they're not necessarily going to pick one or the other just to be, you know, one on the ground, one in space. I think we'll end up with both of them on the trip. It's just a question of who's in charge. I like that scene, too, between Molly and Margo, because Molly is ticking off, like, you know— Danny is too cerebral and by the book, and Mar- and Margot's like
0: well, you say those like are bad things, yeah, well, which is like a very Margo, very Margo. thing, for sure. Uh, I like see see Molly uh, didn't die; she's she is nope. blind, she's blind, and has yep. the dog that does not like Margot, yeah. um, and maybe doesn't like anybody. I don't know, uh, and that that's that's very funny, and also for for it being. In the 90s, um, Margo points out that smoking is not allowed in the building anymore. And, mm-hmm. and Molly's response is basically like, I didn't see any signs. They should yep, put up a yep. sign. It's like, ah, oh, gotcha. But um, but yeah, Margo that's- Margo
1: is uh, still sleeping in her office, even though she is now running everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we get to- We've got more to talk about down on Earth, but um, to to like close the book on the character stuff up on Polaris, um, you know- the uh, other thing, so the brother gives the toast that is really bad, where it's like, oh, they say that they did this, but they hated each other, even maybe they, it's all a not, myth. Not, not a good toast. Having just been to a wedding, yeah, not, that's, a, that's but, a bad toast. That toast. Uh, also, I what really made me laugh, though, was that Danielle's kid went off with a kid and they smoked pot on the space station. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, man, he's just like his mom. And then he literally says, my mom taught me this trick. Yes. I'm like, yep. All right, you got to just do it right by the air filter and then it filters it out and you don't have to worry about it. That that was a great callback to those characters from last season. That was... I I also
1: loved, there's a little bit just at the end there where they're getting off the station and Danny's stepson... Right, she like up. yeah she she like puts her arm around him and then you see her sniff him mm. and her face change like she's 100% knows what just happened yeah. but it's like well but, but we're in an emergency so we're not going to deal with this right now yeah. but it was just a lovely little thing didn't have a didn't have a line of dialogue no. or anything just a nice little and, bit of work by Chris Marshall there
0: and my 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 guess is that a lot of this season is going to be the mission to Mars and being on Mars. And if we've learned anything from for all mankind, it doesn't skimp on the story back on Earth. So introducing her husband and her stepson mm-hmm. gives her a family back on Earth to be you know basically to react to what's happening to her on the mission. Yeah. And I, I I so they're setting up that um Plot point, I suspect. Again, we don't know. We haven't seen the rest of the season, but um, that's that's one of my guesses I, about what's I don't have on.
1: high hopes for Ed and his new wife.
0: <laughs> I don't, well, especially since he's probably going to Mars. So, I yep. mean, maybe that's the best place for that marriage is for him to be gone from her. And then maybe she's just not even there when he gets back. I did, however, and, and so with disappointment, there is the one scene where, where a video message is sent yes. to the wedding from Amber, the adopted daughter- Of Ed and Karen, uh, who is in Antarctica on a mission, which felt very much like don't have anything for this actress to do or couldn't uh, or couldn't get her for the whole season. So we're basically writing her out. Hi from Antarctica. Uh, Maybe I'll be proved wrong. But that felt very much like a we couldn't we couldn't use this character. So we're we're acknowledging her presence in this cameo and then we're never going to speak of her again.
1: Right, Kelly, I think, right because Amber's uh, oh, Danny's Amber. wife.
0: Right, Kelly, adopted Kelly. Yeah, yes, yeah, so, right. Who was such a big character last season? Yeah,
1: it does seem a little weird. I was trying to look back, and now I'm checking the. Uh, it just. I was checking the the cast list up front to see if there's if she's actually listed there or not. But yeah, yeah I, but it, it does it, feel
0: it felt like right. It feels like they they want to acknowledge her existence. Oh, she's still in the cast list, so I'm going to say that she's probably coming back, and maybe
1: that was just, we want to remind you that she exists. That Kelly exists, okay. Yes, so that we can- But she's not in this scene. Right. Maybe they you know, maybe part of it is she's in Antarctica because like that's a good place to maybe train, do like Mars train. Maybe they're doing like stuff or stuff they're learning there about surviving is stuff that will okay. make a transition. I guess Mars. we'll maybe find out. Throw that out there, it's possible.
0: Oh, I wanted to mention um so a few other things in here. The first dance is that super slow, don't be cruel. That um uh yeah. That, that that he and Karen had sex to basically and they chose that as their first <laughs> dance and Karen knows what that means and it's very uncomfortable and then um the other the other thing that I wanted to mention out of here uh, well okay a few other things that I wrote down I love the line um, we came in peace for all your yes, cash. For all your cash. I laughed at that. That's a great line. So good. Um, the astronauts on top of the wedding cake slowly sinking I mean, into the yes. cake as the gravity increases was amazing. I loved it. There's a it. lot. I-, I love it because it's
1: mainly um, Ed and Danny are like twigging to like. Yeah, something is weird. Like there's a scene where Ed, like I actually it's a very funny, funny although slightly you know undercutting scene where. Uh, Ed's wife gets mad and goes to throw a shoe at him, and it lands oh, yeah. on the bed because she can't throw it far enough because the gravity's so high. And they're both like, "Huh, yeah." And then Ed's playing with like a
0: lamp because <laughs> he just keeps being like, "This is weird. Why does this lamp keep falling down?" Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, and then uh, what else did I want to mention? I wanted to mention um, the oh when they when they send the 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 people out for the EVA and then they die. Um, the all of the sound effects in the mission control of the space station for that make liberal use of several um, generic computer beep sound effects that I have used repeatedly on the incomparable, <laughs> and it made me laugh. The the like like play a clip during the clip show. <laughs> sounds mm. they're in there they're in there oh, so nice! i love it when i it's, hear sound effects that i've already used. jason we did not
1: mention on we should be remiss the newton that uh, well, that margo's we're, assistant we're, we're, had. oh sorry we haven't gotten there we, yet we haven't uh, gotten there uh anything right. else from space and then from we'll get space. down there i wanted like, to make it yeah Sam. i wanted to make a comment about the um very good effects as usual of the soundlessness because that scene where yeah. we um where Ed's wife we like it's in back of her and we see the cable come towards the window yeah and hit the window that is like chilling all of the stuff that's in the space like as the disaster is unfolding especially the shots in silence outside are very terrifying yeah, yeah. i thought and well done in like the true's like so fashion them. is like 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 with the part where um the cable Danny manages to duck before the cable hits him at yeah, one Yeah, that point. one time. Does okay. not hear it coming, right? Like, because there's no sound. Yeah, he's, he's, but, but he's just got just his head on a swivel. Death. He's looking around yep. and he yep. and he
0: doesn't... Yeah, no. So, I, I don't... I have a couple of questions of technical questions about plot things that are happening that I think are happening for reasons and are happening down on Earth. But I have very little to say about the space hotel thing. I think it's so well done that even if there's a well, actually, it wouldn't work this way kind of criticism that somebody could make, it's like It's so good that I don't care. It's so gripping. Yeah, exactly. I I am seriously amazed that this is an episode of a TV show because it is at that, it is like high level space. This is like Paul 13 or Gravity, right? It is serious tension and like i said a very a very towering inferno kind of vibe yeah. because it's the civilians that are on the space hotel as it's going to break up also, and it's episode 1 of right. 10 want, right and i and i thought it was very smart
1: as well from a framing standpoint we open with Karen on the space hotel and it's not like some janky, you know, it doesn't look like our space station, right? It looks like a really nice it looks like 2001 basically, yeah. right? Like there's this really sweet slick, you know, very and and so establishing us very firmly as I think we got to through the course of last season in like straight up sci-fi territory, right? Like there's no question now. Like we've got hotels in space. <laughs> you know, we're so far beyond in some ways. I mean close, but like the divergence and stuff like that in terms of like how much more science fictiony we are than even season season one, what felt mostly very grounded, like because it was so close to a lot of what had happened in our world. And as each season goes, it feels like we get a little more divergent. Yeah. So I, I thought that was a good setup to sort of set the tone for the season and be like, yeah, hotels in space is the baseline. That's where we're starting.
0: Yeah, and we go from here to Mars. It's uh yeah, I think that that was because Ron Moore said somewhere that he originally did a, like a seven year pitch for this show. And you, I think the whole idea, at least uh, reading between the lines, I think the whole idea was every decade it gets that much further out there, right? Yeah. So that by right. season seven, are the grandchildren or the children of, I guess grandchildren of the original characters? Some of them involved in like going to another another star or Solar something system, like that, yeah. right?
1: Well, it feels like because you have this moment of like, well, we're in the nineties. You're only like if you go two more seasons, you're you're pretty close to caught up. You know, two or three more seasons will right. catch you up with where we are now. If you can, like, but then they put us, the same clip,
0: you know. But then you put us in the future, even potentially, and so it's right. like, well, they go yeah. to, you know, then they go to. Uh, moons of outer planet you know outer solar system planets and it's a little more expansy. and then they start yeah. to talk about like they're they're all of these things then like building a uh, a way to transport to other stars or something like that and he, basically because i think ron moore's pitch was essentially how do we go from the moon Here, landing to star trek to star trek yeah exactly and so that and, and you know, Star Trek's got all sorts of canon problems, but for All Mankind doesn't. For All Mankind, I would not be surprised at all if the end of for All Mankind is somebody on another planet in another solar system Oh yeah, right? yeah. sure. Sure. Like that Absolutely. that that's the that's the vision that's the that end they've game. got there. Yeah. All right, uh back on Earth. Um as you pointed out, Margot uh has committed fully to waking up in her office and like basically she's got a an apartment next to her desk. Uh yep. and through a, through a room. Her secretary <laughs> has a Newton. <laughs> I, I thought that was great.
1: I I just love it. I don't know. It's such a I mean, I you kind of wonder who thought like, is that an Apple? Someone at Apple's like, you oh, know what would be great in this scene? Or like Ron Moore, the writers are like, yeah. hey, we're on Apple. This like, would be fun. I don't know. Whoever you know, came up fu- with that, it's an advanced kudos.
0: You know, advanced futuristic, basically. I mean, it, this is about right for the Newton. And even if it's a head uh, you but know, it even
1: uses like the Newton UI and all. Like, oh, oh, yeah. It's just, oh, it's, it's a great. Newton. It's so good. Or yeah, a streamlined I
0: Newton. I, I want somebody to ask, I should talk to Apple PR and be like, did they, can you get me an interview with the people who made, is that a real Newton, a fake Newton? What, what's going on there? But it is a Newton. It's Fig Newton. It is a Fig Newton. Yes, exactly. They're doing engine tests on the moon. And this is my, this is going to be my space nerd quibble which is the engine tests do not happen with people, with one person sitting at a desk at Mission Control in Houston, right? Like the engine Mm -hmm. tests are happening. I mean, maybe they're doing engine tests on the moon. That makes sense. But the people who would be watching the engine tests would either be on the moon or would be, I would say, in like Huntsville, Alabama or something. But for the purposes of this, where we want to get our characters involved with what's going on with this subplot, um, for re- obvious reasons, right, the, uh, they, they have basically, oh, what's her name? The young uh, Alida? ward of, of Margot Alita. Alita, yeah. So she's the one who's sort of watching the engine tests and all of that. The Soviets announced that they're going to Mars. Um, but the story here is, um, well, okay, we'll take it in turn. Margot gets her secret uh, payphone conversation with Sergey that was set up at the very end of season two, right? Yep. Which is that they have a they have a a connection, but he is now being basically driven by the KGB to get secrets right. and out he, of them. I,
1: I thought what was nice is that they show he's not happy about this, right? He is doing yeah. this under duress. It seems pretty clear. Like he and they are so he has these calls, you know, and then they she he hangs up, and then the KGB handlers call him back and are like, "You need to get this information out of her," and, and he's like, oh, it's not going to work." Um, they also seem to suggest. That I mean, certainly they're like, he their liaison sort of continues because he's like, Oh, we're going to this conference or yes. whatever, and you know, I'll see you there. And and so, and they've also exchanged information, right? Like, there's information going back and forth, which is you know, sort of a traditional yeah. espionage tactic, which is like, you make them trust you, right? Because you're giving him stuff that's right. actually
0: helping them, but right. you're getting more from them in she, return. She's useful to them but they make her believe that they're useful to her and right. she's thinking and this is why she's useful right she is an idealist she is she believes that in the end everybody should be doing better in space and that we can learn these things together and she's not a real believer in the whole kind of cold war russian and american thing so she and she has benefited from it, and they have benefited from it. Now, the and the truth is that even though there is some accuracy there, I think the KGB would probably say we are getting more out of you than you are getting out of us. Right,
1: exactly. And I, I think this sets up what will be. It's not gonna. I don't think it's gonna go great for Mark. <laughs> no, season. I think that is a bad place to start off, and I think she is probably extremely at, li- at risk of being discovered. And essentially, the question will be. Does she get outed as it? Because there's a bit in one of the—I uh, don't remember if this was an actual thing or not—but there's a bit in the reek in the uh, montage where they talk about somebody. Um, oh yeah, the spy a spy ring, uh, yeah, for for his uh, like some spying information to Israel or something like that. Mm. But you know, the question is, will she be caught and sort of outed as a mole, and her you know life destroyed, or will she be sort of flipped and used to spy back on the Russians or something? Right. We don't know, but like, I feel like one of those
0: things is probably going to happen. Uh, or she'll have to make a decision, right, based on her connection with Sergey. There's something right. that she's going to have to have to do to save lives or whatever that's going to expose herself. There are a lot of different dramatic possibilities there. But, yeah, it feels like that's it's going to be a rough ride. I wonder who's going to be president because they may have to consider <laughs> clemency uh, mm. for Margot. Mm. Uh, maybe she's just sentenced to stay in that little apartment off the side of her <laughs> office for the rest of her life. Um, Alita... And her family are, I guess, living with Margo. Margot never goes home, right? Or almost never goes home.
1: Yeah. Unclear if, to me if that was their house or her house. And she was just, you know, like- uh, Yeah, I don't are know. They invited
0: over for dinner? She was
1: invited for dinner or they live with her or what? She, but like, She
0: had a place that she lived, but she never lived there. And I wonder right. if that's what it is, is basically Alita she, moved in with her and then her brother yeah. and her dad- uh, came and lived there, and Margot's never there, so she doesn't really care. Although she is there for dinner, anyway. That they're all under one roof there now. Yeah. Is that is that
1: her husband though? Oh, or, is it her, like, her husband? I think so because I think the kid is
0: hers. Is the implication? Oh, because the, the kids though. Yeah, okay. That's that's oh, yeah. that's okay. But it's, it's her time t- jump. But it's I don't her dad. But it's her yeah. dad who we yeah. who was in you know episode one of yep. the show. Yep. Um, and is still there. And we said at the time, oh, she's going to be like the first person on Mars or something. Right. Like they, they play the yeah. long game with that. Well, here, what we discover is, um, she's going to go to the moon to help with this, uh, investigation of this engine design. Cause she's a genius and they need her help up on the moon. And, and I'm like, first off, we get the joy, right. Of the family. And she tells her dad, she's going to the moon and everybody's like, woohoo. Yeah. And that's great. But also I had this moment. I'm like, there it is. <laughs> This is mm-hmm. the Alita continues on the path toward whatever right. her destiny is because the the show very clearly in the first shot of the first episode said, this is, this person is going to be important in some way. We yeah. just don't, we're going to play the long game with it. But like, here she is, she's going to the moon. I don't know. Maybe she's going to go further than that, but she's, she's yeah. in space finally. I enjoyed the character dynamics in these scenes as well,
1: because Margot is somebody who has been. As we know, very closed off. We saw the whole thing in season one with her uh, relationship with Werner uh, von Braun, yeah, right,
0: and then her thing in season two. As she, it oh, takes man, takes a while gonna, to open up to Alita. They're gonna, they're gonna say that she, first. She was a, she was supervised by a Nazi, and now she's supervised by the <laughs> communists. Nice. Oh, it's Ooh, not gonna go well for, for her, is right. it? <laughs> but I liked showing that she has a
1: actually has a relationship with this family, right? Like she is it gives her a human dimension that is something that we, in past seasons, she's been all about the work, right? She doesn't really have time for human relationships. She doesn't really care about human relationships as much. And in this, we see that she's not only warmed up to Alita, but like she is, you know, she shows up and gives the kid a Tootsie Roll, of course, because she eats those by the, the yeah. handful. Uh, and, um, you know, clearly has some affection and the kid calls her uh, Aunt Auntie Margot, basically, I think. Uh, and then she, you know, has some conversations with the dad, too. So, like I liked having that window into her life because it felt like, as with some of her other characters, it gave her some personal stakes, right? Because it's not just about her professional relationship, but it's about like these re- these other like personal relationships she has. She has a f- a family, a support system, and that's always a good place to foster some drama,
0: yeah, yeah. And I anticipate we'll we'll get it, but that's good. That's all good. Um, not sure there's a lot here. We, we, you know, again, Bill Clinton is uh, running against Mm -hmm. Ellen. I'm sure that's going to be at least a background thread that's going on here. Um, right. Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) but that's, that's it. So in terms of setup, I think what, what's fun here is that the, the season starts with a bang and that's great. Uh, Some of the characters in the disaster are obviously potentially going to Mars and the question of who's going to command the mission and all of that is there. But really, it's a great action set piece, gets us in the mind of space and for all mankind's version of space. And then down on the ground, we're getting the kind of the suggestions of, you know, the the Soviets have announced their mission. Have we announced ours yet? There's going to be a race to Mars. The Soviets have said, you know, we're going to be first to Mars. Like we were first to the moon. Uh, And the Americans are like, "Mm, okay, well we're going to try to beat you there. So we get another space race. So all that groundwork is kind of being laid while at the same time we get this kind of very exciting bit of action up in space, uh, Great combination. Like I was I was I was blown away by this episode. I'm so it, it did its job of setting up the season, but also just getting me really excited about uh the show because this episode delivered so well. So I was really happy yeah, with it.
1: It's very effective in its use of not only having a strong plot to bring you back into this world, but also doing it in a way that Positions all the characters so you remember who they are and what the dynamics are like. Um, I think it's very efficient in that regard, and it doesn't skimp on, like, we're telling, you know, what is... Think more or less a self-contained story. I'm sure there will be implications of the stuff that happened, but it's not as though we're probably going to spend the rest of these nine episodes like, "Wow, so what's what up went with wrong? that hotel in space? Yeah, you know? what went
0: wrong with Polaris <laughs> after all? Yeah,
1: yeah. So it it does a nice job of having a set piece to sort of bring us in here that will really, you know, you'll be looking for episode two after this. So uh, I'm excited to see where this season goes. As you said, Mars seems like the big overarching plot. So, you know, we're still in very early days about that as far as this first episode is gone. They don't even have a commander. They're still working on the engines, like, all this stuff. So, um, yeah, leading all the, living on the break. I mean, remembering back to season two and how they spent a lot of time, like, laying down threads only to tie them all up, kind of, in those last two episodes, which had a very similar sort of frenetic tension to them, uh, I'm, I'm very helpful about where the rest of the season is
0: heading. Mm. Yeah. Well, I tune, tune in next week for episode two, everybody. But will there be a vending machine appearance? Oh, I hope so. I hope they, you know, we put all our branding on to, to vending machine and we've got nine more weeks. Uh, vending machines there could be a vending machine on just Mars on the,
1: on the one on Oh
0: yeah, if they land and there's already a vending machine there Oh, oh the wow, well a... it would be like a big uh sort of a black um a tall black slab, yeah. slab and they're like, "Oh my god, it's the monolith." And they go around to the other side, it's just it's a just vending a machine. Vending machine. Yep, with all <gasps> it's got it's
1: the Russians. They beat them there. They've got all the Russian candy and
0: Yeah, that's right. A little, little borscht dispenser, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Could be. All right, well that is this episode of the NASA vending machine, very important vending machine. And for all mankind, uh, Polaris uh, is going to have to do some repairs on the space hotel, I'm afraid. Uh, I guess I guess we'll find out, right? Like what's going on with Karen's yeah. business, right? That's going to be a plot point of oh, some yeah, kind. she And now she, now she owns that outright, I guess, if Sam is dead. <laughs> I think maybe that was the pack they made. Was, I don't know. Uh, all right, we'll be back in a week to talk about episode two, which is titled Game Changer. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until then... Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, Dan. Bye, Jason.